Welcome back to Comic School, everybody. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. My name is Mike Dando. I'm an associate professor of English at St. Cloud State University and the director of the Communication Arts and Literature Program. And your nerd host for this, uh, this program where we continue our exploration of comics, education, the intersections, the overlaps, the all things nerdy and literacy i am thrilled thrilled to welcome our guest today dr justin weigard who is a postdoc uh at the university of richmond and um a prolific author of a bunch of articles hit your fire up your computing machine um and head to your your scholarly article database and and check his stuff out um and author of, or I should say co-editor of Attack of the New Bee Movies, Essays on Sci-Fi Original Films um, from McFarland Press, and um, working with uh, University of Mississippi Press um, on a forthcoming book about conversations with Bill Watterson. So you heard it here first. Um, put that on your put that on your radar. Justin, how are you? Oh, I am doing great. Uh, thank you. I'm very, also very, very, very humbled by that uh, very laudatory uh, introduction. I really Look, appreciate man, all it. I did was just you, all I did was just read the list. You did all the you did all this oh. stuff. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to be a prolific author, I guess. Don't be a prolific author and writer. And um, <laughs> we 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 have comic nerded out on multiple occasions. Um, we 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 have. Um, mutual mutual friends in the comics and, and scholarly world. So I'm glad that that uh, this could bring us uh, this could bring us together. Thank you for taking time out. Um, I I know it's um, you know uh, time is a is a precious commodity. So yeah, thank you yeah. For my my time. time is really valuable, and uh, of, you know, yes, you're welcome for spending it talking about <laughs> comics and pop culture. I hope so that's okay. You're welcome, internet. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, internet. Um, so as is our custom, um, as we get started, um, we, we always start with our origin story. Um, and and as you know, part of this is demystifying academia, right? We have this idea of or, or I think a lot of folks have this idea of, oh, they've done they they get called doc now. They you know, like they like, oh, they, they are we're nerds. We are nerds and we have um we come from we come from someplace and we are we are people. So um, how did you like how did you come into this comics life, man? How did how 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 did that uh, how, how did that become a thing? And, and, and why do you think that why didn't it go away? Why did it fade into the ether of uh, of history for you? So I uh I come from a, a, a pretty small but great town in, in mid-Michigan called Holden Lake. Like, if you look at, like, the I, – I, I like to tell everyone this. Uh, if you end up, like, looking at a map of uh, a map of Michigan, geologic, topographic, whatever, we're, like, the tiny little blue dot in, like, the upper, uh, like the upper center of, of the mitten, right? Um, and we had we, – we just didn't have, like, a comic shop. Like, we had a public library, and, and it's a very, like, tourist-trappy kind of town. So when I was growing up, my dad uh, would watch, you know, 
comic cartoons with me and my brother my i have an older brother jay who who would watch them too so we'd watch like that What's up, jay? series jay's great yeah, he's shout out to jay We're, we, we like jay all right okay <laughs> uh, so we would watch you know like batman the animated series x-men spider-man like like all of, like the great like nine like late 80s cartoons um and i was a uh, and have always been like a voracious reader. I would read everything I get my hands on, right? So I would read um, every every like picture book I could find, every like chapter book I could find. I would read like the backs of shampoo bottles. I would I was just I was like always reading, and so I would I would read you know the funny pages. And uh, when we would go visit my grand folks in Cairo, Michigan, which thumb that's where jay and i would end up buying some comics here and there like once or once or twice a year uh jim's card shop which is no longer a business and so that was like one of my first exposures like buying comics but really like i kind of fell in love with comics when i happened to get my i i have no idea where it came from maybe a used bookstore or maybe like a used a used section of like uh like a b dalton at the bay city mall or something like that right oh uh, shouts oh b dalton oh. <laughs> oh yeah i i was like i don't know 10 maybe 11 or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah. and i i got a copy of the indispensable calvin and Hobbes, which is really wonderful uh the cover of that collection has calvin and Hobbes up in a treehouse overlooking um the ground below where Susie Susie Durkins is walking and Calvin has a water balloon. And it's this perfect moment of, of like mischief frozen in time. And I've been hooked uh on Calvin Hobbes especially ever since. And That's how so it starts. And 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 then like <laughs> comics kind of went away for a bit, mostly because like I kept yeah. I needed to keep reading. I couldn't yeah. get my hands on them fast enough. So flash forward to um college and i wanted to i actually initially went to school to be an art educator a k-12 art art teacher realized that creating art just really wasn't for me uh all of the kids in my cohort my studio classes would be creating doodles that were better than the thing that i spent a full semester on and it was like pulling teeth for me i was like something isn't working sure, sure. uh moved into elementary education because i loved working with kids and uh, knew that I could, you know, I, I had an interest in like reading and, and teaching, teaching students. And then just kind of realized that I was looking forward to recess more than like my second graders were. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I, you know, I love working with kids, but it just wasn't quite right. Wasn't quite right. But in there, in my, when I was going through my, um, my like teacher prep courses, I was taking courses in English and specifically children's literature. Yes. And at, at Central Michigan University, which is where I got my, my bachelor's, uh, I encountered a bunch of really great professors who also happened to work in, in comics in different ways, uh, Gresham Papazian and Joseph Michael Summers. And they introduced me to the fact that I could like study these these things that really matter to me. And I also ended up sort of rediscovering comics at the time. I remember that like, you know, growing up, Jay had given me, my brother Jay had given me like some downloads that he found however of like age of apocalypse and creature <laughs> and uh and yeah. sandman i was like oh this is really cool i'm not quite there yet and so when i got to college i kind of rediscovered all of these comics that i kind of grew up loving you know and um realized that i could start studying them full time and i've just sort of been here ever since um i ended up doing my undergrad honors thesis on uh Edward Cullen and Superman and kind of comparing the two back and forth because Superman is actually or Edward Cullen is more of a superhero than he is a vampire. Um, 
ended up staying at Central for my master's where I did some some more work on comics and pop culture and then uh, applied all over and ended up just, again, down the road at Michigan State University, uh, continued doing more work in comics. But I ended up learning a lot more and kind of falling in love with the intersections of like comics and digital humanities. And I mm-hmm. started doing a lot more game studies there, too. And then, uh, you know, started making a lot more connections there, too. So I started working. And, you know, with uh, Zach Cruzy and Julian Chambliss and uh, a lot of really great folks in, in general. And then once I finished up with my PhD, I finally ended up uh, landing this really wonderful gig down here at University of Richmond, where I work as a postdoc research fellow in the distant viewing lab with doctors Lauren Tilton and Taylor Arnold. And um that's about my origin story in too long of a time. I, I'm no, sure I can go deeper, great. but <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's absolutely that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and and I feel I feel obligated. Like if this were a comic, we we'd have that the the little caption box with the little asterisk is like see also Julie for more on Julian Chambliss, see previous episode. Uh, so definitely, yeah. I got a shameless self plug. Uh, friend <laughs> of the pod, Doctor Chambliss. Um, and uh. It's it's interesting. So I'm going to ask you one question that's probably going to take up the rest of our time, <laughs> which is fine, which is good, which is what we want. So you said these things that matter to me. So I'm going to ask you the big question: Why do comics and comic strips? And we'll get into Bill Waters. We'll get into to um, we'll get into Calvin and Hobbes a little bit because I also came up adoring Calvin and Hobbes, and I've got two little ones, and my my nine-year-old has just discovered. And when it hits, man, he is laughing with his entire, he's laughing with his like toes. Do you know what I mean? Like he is uproariously laughing. I was like, it still hits, man. It still absolutely hits. But for you, why does comic, why do comics matter to you? Um, no, <laughs> this will be a, a seven really parts. Great. This will be a seven part episode. No, I could, I could, I could say, like, I could be really concise. I'm working on being concise. Yeah, here. no, don't. Um, so we got plenty of internet left. It's fine. <laughs> so first, right, like they matter because like we connect with them, right? There is something in there that that sings to us that that like we click with, right? Like. They make us cackle. They make us smile, smirk. They make us rage in different ways, right? Like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Whatever it is, right? Uh, and for me, like the the comics that resonate the most with me are either the ones that make me cackle, and I and and kind of going back to Calvin and Hobbes, there isn't a single uh, bad panel, let alone comic strip in Cal in all of Calvin and Hobbes. Every Ooh, single one is that's perfect. Right. Um, but like they, they, they still make me cackle, uh, 20 years on, but they, uh, you know, also like the comics that the other comics that like resonate with me are the ones that like hit, um, too close to home. Yeah. And the, the two, the second part, right. Is, you know, that there are comics that, uh, I don't know, in short, representation matters and always will right and so for the comics that uh there are comics that hit really close to home for me for ones that you know are about growing up in a small tourist trap town or that are uh that very much align with my life experiences and then there are myriad other ones that are radically different and those are the things that i need to want to continue to consume right and so um now as i get uh, a bit further into my career 
I find that they matter because they're opportunities for me to push them on to somebody else, right? And say, hey, I think yep. you should read this. This is important yep. to me, or this is, imp I think that you will click with this in a way that I think will resonate with you, that I think will be important to you. That's right. Uh, whether it's because I think that you might be able to see yourself in this, or you might be able to see something that will allow you to see the world better. And I keep saying mm -hmm. that, you know, see, right. Because it's yeah. so, it's so crucial. Yeah. Right. I, um, without yeah. question. Also, because where else are you, what other medium are you going to find, um, where you, you can, you can find like an indigenous warrior fighting, um, giant tyrannosaurs that he calls honkers in like the middle of nowhere southwest you know america i'm talking about right. turok son of stone right but like oh yes comics just they rule right <laughs> comics do, and i think we can all agree that yes comics rule and, and and what you what you said there um i think is is just so important is well first of all as we as we rightly have have said time and time again medium not genre right there are things that comics do they help us to see they are in in a large a largely visual medium not not solely but largely um in fact i was just listening to um upgrades i was listening to upgrade soul on audible right right which is right was <laughs> edward clayton daniels um tremendous work but i was like oh they translated it to um they they, they transmediated the thing so but that's not that that's that's the interesting thing about the medium is it does it does things it helps us to see in different in myriad ways and so i just i think that's this fantastic this idea of you know stories obviously there's there's plenty that talk about stories connecting us uh that that help us to to think about and examine our 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 own and shared humanity i'm interested um a lot of folks will will think about and and understandably so, since it's um, almost sort of the lingua franca of popular culture, the 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe or the or DC um, and, and and sort of superhero work. Um, but that's not all there is to comics. And you and we have talked about this. Um, I I think I I absolutely agree with you. I don't know that Bill Watterson has ever put a bad panel out. Um, and, and even my even my um, my 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 oldest talks about like one of the things I love about Calvin and Hobbes is like, it looks one way. And then like when he's using his imagination, like it's almost a completely different form. Right. So it's about like when he's a dinosaur, it's like, Oh my God. Holy cow. Yeah. This is completely different form than this really solid line work that, that, that he's working with in, in this, in this, particular you know particular story so he's got these really simple beautiful line pieces of work and then like bananas like outer space work um so if what about it what about calvin and hobbes besides that that <laughs> besides that it's hilarious um and it's got a bunch of heart like what is it about that which i mean you're you're you continue to resonate with so and I, and i've seen like you've gone you you've you've taken it to the nth degree you're, you're in museums and doing all kind of amazing work tell what about what about calvin and hobbes for you matters or 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 is significant uh i think it's a lot of 
what you were just talking about, right? It's the fact that, like, it, in a lot of ways, like, the best comic strips can be um, – and and not all of them do this right but like like some some of like the best commenters like are are timeless right and and part of like what i think waterson really tapped into is this like sheer and like unfiltered conception of what imagination can be and pushes at but also manages to blend it with the reality of being um you know, uh, a young, precocious six-year-old kid who also, like, as a reader, you kind of want to throttle a few times, right? <laughs> like, Water, you know, like, Waterson is, yeah. you know, like, on record by saying, right, like, Calvin is is sort of, like, obnoxious and the worst, right? Like, it's not, like, you know, Waterson wasn't, uh, you know, I said, like, he wasn't writing himself into Calvin. Calvin is just, like, he's, like, the uber six-year-old kid, you know, That's he's... Right. With also like this really complex vocabulary and like all the things. And part of like why I keep returning to Calvin and Hobbes is because if it were just one of these things, it would be a great comic. But instead, it's it's this rich thing that has all these incredible daydreams from strip to strip to strip that Mm -hmm. also has this really wonderful complex relationship between like a boy and his stuffed animal boy and his parents and, you know, like the, like the people around him. But there's also these, these, I think really interesting commentaries and um, engagements with uh, like the education system, with what it means to engage with nature and, uh, and the environment. And also with life and death, there's a really wonderful and and really poignant um, mini strip series in Oh, I want to say it's like 87 or 88, and I, I don't have my notes in front of me. Uh, like the raccoon storyline, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and and like these stories also continue to resonate. Like they resonated back in, you know, the like 1986 when, when Watterson, uh, in 85, like when Watterson was first working on it. And they continue to resonate now as seen in, you know, the the wonderful gallery exhibitions that, uh, you know, Jenny Robb and Caitlin McGurk have put on through the Billy Ireland, uh, through the the different exhibits that they've put on and through the fact that, um, you know, Watterson just won the, um, that lifetime achievement award, the, yeah. the, the French, uh, the French Grand Prix award in just a couple of years back. Like it's, it's just sort of, Sort of this like timeless complex comic strip, I think, uh, and also the fact that you know it it has its own um, really wonderful story from like a production side too, right? Like Waterson created it for pretend pretty perfect years, and then got out when you know when he needed to, when he yeah. wanted to, yeah, and that was that. And I think that that's continued to capture audiences everywhere. It's. <laughs> It's so interesting um, because when when folks think of and I think even even in a even in a, an increasingly digital age, folks will often I think when they think about comic strips, will think about newspapers, and I think that's probably because there that's where especially those of us who who grew up either pre-internet or or right on the cusp of that digital age like you would still see um a variety like that's where comic strips happen and you would collect them in um in anthologies etc 
Um, I remember, I mean, I remember in the, um, and those of you, those of us of a certain age will, well, not even of a certain age. Cause my pre, my pre K still gets the, the print. Remember the book orders? Oh yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, the you, the scholastic, the scholastic book, book orders. Yeah. The book, you're right. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> time to get another Garfield anthology or Dilbert anthology or Calvin and Hobbes anthology or something. But they would be, you know, first appearing in in newspapers. And I think what there's a difference between, I think, prominent and timeless. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. Like, because I think you're right. I think the things that the things that are hitting for my, and we, I, I just said this, like when my kid laughs at Calvin and Hobbes, like and 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 he has them because I have them. Yeah. But I didn't like foist it upon him. I was like, you know, is it, you like orange cats? Boy, do I have one for you. You know what I mean? I'll do respect. But like, here's right. Like he just found them. He's like, oh, these look interesting. Here's a here's a, a precocious six year old and his stuffed tiger. Um, what do you think makes it timeless, man? What do you think? Because there are some like, <laughs> and I can name a number. And I don't want I don't want to invite uh, hate hateful emails about people who love, you know, characters that go, ah. um, but, <laughs> but like, I think sometimes people think that comic strips are corny. Yeah. Or have like set up punchline or like not even that, just like circle punchline. What makes, what makes Calvin and Hobbes timeless for yeah. you? Yeah. For me too, you know, it's, it, it has those, right? Like it does, you know, Watterson very much is like a, you know, student of the form, you know, and a lot of like Calvin and Hobbes follows the, the really great conventions of comic strips, right? Like it, you know, panel one is part of a setup panel two is, you know, like it does this rise, fall gag, like those sorts of things. He starts right. playing with them. Um, but like, even just from like a popular culture standpoint, it appears right. Like it manifests in this pre-internet age, but also there's like a lack of, hyper contemporary technologies right like it continued on through 1995 but you're not seeing the popular culture influences of 1995 impinging upon the cartoon right like it kind of feels frozen right. in time right in this in this almost like call it like a perfect summer sort of like a moment where it's like yeah those things exist and like Throughout the throughout the series, you know, Calvin and Hobbes both make reference to watching like, you know, bad horror pulp movies that are completely, you know, like fake. But, you know, it's things like uh, deranged zombies from Wisconsin or whatever. Right. Like right, call outs, right. call outs, but nothing specific. They, you know, like they go to rental stores, but it's not it's not name dropping blockbuster. It's uh, right. like he that what technology exists in there is like television, some other things. But a lot of it is just like kind of small town suburban stuff that is sort of of an age, but not any one specific age. If you took out a couple of things, you could almost set it in like the 1970s or like the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of it too is just like, it's all about things that are sort of timeless in terms of humanity, right? It's all about childhood. Right. It's all about yeah. um, imagination. What technologies do exist are fantastic. He turns a cardboard box into a transmogrifier, into a clone machine, into a time machine. Um, and I think one more thing that I'm I'm missing, right? 
And it's all just in a cardboard box, which is, you know, you've got, you know, you, like you said, you've got youngsters. I've got a, mm-hmm. a five-year-old niece and a, and a one-and-a-half-year-old nephew. And uh, best toy you can give them is, you know, a cardboard, cardboard box, box. Right? <laughs> also true for for animals too i don't know what that says about kids well, but <laughs> well it's it's interesting because you know there's this I, and i think one of the things that that comics does so well and 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 especially um one of the things i think that that a comic strip does well and and uh especially particularly calvin and Hobbes, um and and others obviously um i think peanuts does this really well too is is just like Here's a thing about being a person that we all either loved or drives us sort of bananas. Yeah. And it will always drive us bananas or always like, but in a, but in a way that we can appreciate ourselves. So it's not like, have you guys ever ridden on a plane? Boy, (laughs) like it's not hacky like that. It's like, yeah, I remember not wanting to eat dinner, but I, and I remember like, but like, then it's like, it turns up to where it's like my dinner is attacking me, right? Like right, my, right, right. this this thing like mutated, like came to life, and it's all this it, it, this this technicolor vibrant imagination of this six year old that Watterson's tapped into, yeah. Right, this idea of like a box can be many things, but do you remember when a box was everything? <laughs> when Spaceman Spiff was the deal, and like. When you were a Tyrannosaurus, and then it that hard smash always back to reality to where he's like broken the lamp. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like, yep, that was me. And also that also is me, but I'm a dad now. <laughs> right, right. And and part of like part of that timelessness too is that like Watterson's visual style just kind of continues to like yes. grow and evolve. Like he like he only gets better as the as he sort of settles into the yeah. groove, right? And yes those those sequences just become like it's it's wild that he kept doing them right like that that they just yeah especially the sundays when you look at them like the dinosaurs and like the uh like the fantastic vistas from spaceman smith but but you were also talking about you know that that return to earth right uh michelle anna Bate has this incredible article on calvin and solitude it's it Whoa. it's one of the it's it's one of those pieces i think it's in uh journal of graphic novels and comics uh, from just a couple years back and it's it's one of those pieces that i read it and it, it seared itself into my brain because i was like oh it it i would never have been able to write this and and like michelle is the person who have done it and it's it's incredible and she kind of talks about the fact that there are all these bombastic things right um and there's all these complicated things and there's a lot that's been written on um you know hobbs is realness or not and i'm i don't care about that sure, sure. um but michelle highlights this this really great point where they're some of like those best moments or like some of those most like iconic moments are when Calvin is alone. He kind of like starts off in this like kind of poignant moment in class or in uh, stuck up in his room on a rainy day. And he has this incredible imaginary, imaginary adventure in his brain. And then it sort of ends also with him in solitude. And so like, there's these moments of quietness too yeah. that i that i love and it's oh, that's, it, yes one of those things like folks should folks should go out and check that out um and it w- one of the things that uh i think that this strip does in particular um and and there's i'm, I'm sure there's there's a wealth of literature on it but um the 
boundlessness of his imagination is something that you don't, at least I don't, see in um, lots of other lots of other strips, right? There's always like, hey, slice of life kind of like things happening, like oh, you know, this there's this thing happening at school or this thing happening. Oh, isn't life a funny old thing? But for Calvin, it was always, when I say larger than life, there was always something where Watterson was pointing toward the value of imagination as a, as, as, as a significant aspect of being fully alive like calvin it calvin was was not that there was never a dull moment because sometimes it's like smash cut to like he's just sitting under a tree right but there calvin was fully alive calvin was ne- calvin was never running on empty um and that what's the the cereal's name is like sugar coated frost co- cocoa bombs yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> right? that's it exactly like he yeah. was always like amped up on like something but he was vibrantly alive and i think imagination is a part of that um to think about it in terms of what it does that like superheroes don't right or and and these are genres right these are not these are genres not comics is a medium and superheroes a genre um calvin was sometimes a superhero sometimes he was sometimes he was a dinosaur sometimes he was uh and, and somebody, it might have even been you, like posted like him as like a noir detective. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Bo- uh, uh, Tra- Tracer Bullet. He <laughs> was in right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in like two two storylines. Not very, not very many. It, it was like Spaceman Smith the most. Um, uh, the superhero one whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, like second most, and then Tracer Bullet, the noir one, was only in like yeah. two or three storylines. Yeah. Um, I think like. A big, a big part of it for me too is that uh, Calvin and Hobbes sort of sits in this like a, a pretty clear, you know, winding lineage of like comic strips of like similar comics that do radically different things but have that yeah. sort of yeah. fluidity and l- vibrancy to them, right? Like uh, Crazy Cat, um, you know, Pogo, right? Like those are yep. those are like super clear antecedents, and as well as you know, like afterwards, um, uh, Richard Thompson's cul-de-sac, right? Like yep. if you read if you read cul-de-sac, right? Like it's it, it's radically different. It's very much like Thompson's own thing, but also you can see that that little like unique that that ness, whatever whatever it is, that thing um, does that you also right like it's complex and vivid, but also you can read it and. Uh, you, uh, a little kid can read it just the same as right, you know, and that's what I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned this because um, I was get, Calvin Hobbes ended in 1995. Yep. If I'm if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, and I think I am because I remember reading the last one, um, that was printed. It was a big thing. Yeah. Um, even even like even like it was like the two big things in comics that happened were Superman's death and Bill Watterson was ending, uh what was ending Calvin and Hobbes. Um, But what is the legacy? Like it's timeless. People keep coming. Like, what is the legacy of 
him in the uh, uh, of Calvin and Hobbes in the art form. Like there was that one of the first viral things I remember reading was like Calvin as an old man, like mm -hmm. on his death, like on his deathbed. And like yeah. I read that recently and I was sobbing all over again <laughs> because it like meant something. Right. So like what's the legacy of 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 this in. In popular culture, in comics, yeah. um, because I think it's easy to write off comic strips the same way that people might write off comics as a medium or superheroes as a, as a, as a thing. Um, so what's like, what's the lasting legacy for you? Um, for me, I think you can start, I think you can see it in the fact that people are still emulating Waterson's style. You see, um, remixes and mashups of Waterson's style they're like filtered through you know their reconstruction of his, his stuff in mm. like um like star wars mashups uh you can see like people will will draw uh like a like a little kid version of han and then chewy behind him walking yeah. across with their arms stretched out over yeah. over the log right or yeah. you will see um any number of those things or you'll go the opposite way and you'll see like hyper realistic and like you know, almost Art Nouveau in some way, like in other instances, but like these hyper-realistic um, depictions of Calvin and Hobbes as like, oh, what if they were real, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, like, you know, outside reader, I'm not not Watterson, not going to, I would never, ever speak for him. But, uh, you know, as somebody who studied, studied a long time, like that abstract and iconic, Iconic way, and I'm talking like iconic, like simple, but very much not simple yeah, way that Watterson. Yeah, iconic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. <laughs> uh, continue to resonate and continue to influence people because you can see it in, you know, like Pearls Before Swine too, right? Like mm -hmm. past, like Stephen Passis, uh, you know, spoke in that, that type of binary about Watterson, but also like you can just see in the fact that like his characters are really wonderful and simple and iconic in that way too, right? Like he landed on that in a really smart way in the same way that like that iconic sense too goes back to, you know, peanuts and before peanuts to other people too, right? Like water, something I think really key and, and honed in on that domestic space as a, uh, mm. really great fount of imagination. Mm. And, and one of the things oh. too, you know, we were talking about like timelessness of, of American comic strips and, and there's some, uh, obviously like there's some really wonderful international comic strips too, that, that do a lot of this work too. Um, Part of what I think is really interesting is that Calvin Hobbes is often kind of seen as, you know, like this, this sort of not. But then there's also these really great, going back to what I was talking about before with, you know, like representation mattering. There's these, I've recently been reading um, a lot of Curtis by Ray Billingsley, you know, who was a, yes. yeah, yes. Uh, you know, contemporary of Watterson's and is continuing now, um, just recently won the, uh, the Rubin Award, uh, uh -huh. very, very well-deserved. And I really like Curtis and a lot of really great like slice of life cartoons because they capture moments in time because they capture those aspects of popular culture and they do so from, um, you know, different perspectives, different right. racial perspectives, different gender perspectives. And so I love Calvin Hobbes. And I also think, right, like it helped pave the way for um, not, not necessarily Curtis, but like all these other comic strips that came afterwards that can hopefully continue to do more. Absolutely. really great imaginative work. Uh, I love that notion of, and, and I wrote this down because I think, um, and 
for those of you who've who are watching the the YouTube uh link, there's treasure everywhere. Right? Um, which is the which is the treasury or the the this particular collection. But I, I think that's part of the allure of um of that strip in particular is there is like there's treasure everywhere. There, like no matter where you look, the domestic space is a font of imagination is is really compelling to me. And then as you sort of were th- were talking about with Curtis or um perhaps even to some extent the boondocks, like yeah. there's treasure everywhere. Now Calvin is a blonde-haired white kid living in wherever you, wherever, and he's got his imaginary friend, but there's treasure everywhere. Um, and it's this very straightforward um it's a very straightforward notion of life fully lived requires curiosity investigation camaraderie silence like all these things that make a lived lived life worthwhile um are in these small moments i i remember particularly and you and this is a very specific uh, strip uh it was a couple of strips i think where i think calvin broke his dad's uh binoculars mm-hmm. and like he get like the dad was like upset dad was upset and he was like can't you see i feel bad enough and like i remember as a little kid i was like that's real that's the real stuff calvin you feel yeah. bad like i get that like i read i i felt myself in the way that like in a deep way as a child and now reading that Calvin, like I just reread it and I was like, I get dad, but I'm never going to forget how Calvin felt. So that right, like, it, right, right, that right. like impact, it grows with me in a way that maybe another, another strip wouldn't. Right. right. Um, I can revisit, I can return to, to look at it with new eyes. Um, and, and I think that's important. Um, I think that's part of, what mattering can can mean um so moving uh, i want to shift gears a little bit um you also wrote um or you co-edited um some stuff um and i'm going to suggest my short my short list my short my short box uh has got the b has got the b movie collection in it it's great (laughs) go out pick it up there's a link in the link in the show notes um what are you up to right now? So we we got this section called the the short box. What's in what's in your short box? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What do what do people need to go out, drop immediately, and go go get besides uh, the recent your recently dropped piece? Oh, um, so how how broad are you? How broad are you asking? Take it, take it, take it how you <laughs> want. Take it how you want. Your curated, your your okay. curated session. So all right. Uh, I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll give a couple scholarly things and I'll give a couple of yeah, couple popular things. Uh, I have to have it right here because I'm uh, reading it and also uh, using it for research. Uh, Keanu Witted Keanu Witted's new book, Desegregating Comics. Oh, uh, that's on mine too. Yeah, it's have you it's started? Great. Yeah, yeah, it's good, um, right? I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> yes. um, there's it, it's one of those it's one of those books that um, I'm like, okay, I need to like. I both need to like read it cover to cover, but also I'm like, if I, if I do that, I might get distracted. So I'm like trying to, I'm trying to like savor it as much as I <laughs> That's can. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that book's really great. Uh, I probably have to, I think like all of the rest of my ac- academic stuff is like uh, just on the other side of me. Um, I've been 
revisiting uh, uh, Frederick Luis Aldama's Graphic Indigeneity for another book oh, uh, or for another, another another project. And then uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff on um, computer vision, you know, for 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 my project, uh, for my postdoc at, at University of Richmond. So I've been reading some uh, some of the chapters out of uh, empirical com empirical approaches to comic studies and um, I know I can think of uh, give me just a second here. Uh, empirical approaches, uh, empirical comics research. That's right. Uh, digital multimodal and cognitive methods by Alexander Dunst, uh, Joshin Labrock, and Janina Wildfear. Apologies to all three of you because I did my best with your name. Um, but it's it's a really great edited collection. Uh, that's almost like a how to of doing, as it says, right? Like empirical, quantitative uh comics research and some of the some of the stuff in there is on uh computer vision which is very germane so to cool. some of the stuff i'm doing um outside of scholarly stuff and i've got uh, i'm sure other things that i've been reading um outside of scholarly stuff i just finished up um babel by rf quang which was great uh that was a really fantastic one um, I just read, what else did I just finished reading? Uh, I'm doing this thing this year where I'm only for, for my, my like fun time reading, I'm primarily reading books that other people have recommended to me. Like that's the only thing, right. almost the only thing I'm doing this year. Uh, I read, um, how to sell a haunted house by Grady Hendrix, which was, which I, which I liked a lot. Uh, the birth of Kataro by Shiguro Mizuki, who uh, Zach told me to read like four years ago. And as, <laughs> as with everything Zach recommends me, he yep. was right. It was great. Uh, and then in my short box uh, comics, I'm, I'm collecting and like the, like the stuff that's like on my pull list. Uh, that's where I'll end it. Sure. Um, door to door night by night by Sally Canarino and some really cool. great folks for, from vault uh, earth divers by Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, also great. Those are, those are two of my like contemporary comics polls. And then um, I'm currently reading where, when number one, the, the next crossover between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Usagi Ujimbo by Stan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I just, um, I've been reading um, Mosley. Uh, I don't know if you read that that one. No. That one's fan. That one's fantastic. That's out. Of, that's out of Image, and of course, Kill Philadelphia. I'm still reading yep, yep, that. Yep. Like uh, the recently Oz, Oscar uh, Oscar Eisner nominated uh, a winning and again nominated um, series, Philadelphia. Um, can't get enough of that. Um, yeah, I've got to. I've got to read more than that. More of that. Um, Nicole Huff from from MSU. Uh, great, great pal. Uh, is doing some really great stuff with with Philadelphia, mm. and uh, we're currently also uh, reading a lot on Blade um, and Bloodline, which is really fun too. Yes, 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 yes. Justin, thank you so much for for taking time um, today. Uh, where can people find you if they wanna if they wanna follow up, fellow fellow Hobbesians? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am at Justin Weigard everywhere. Um, just J U S T I N W I G A R D everywhere. I can check stuff out on my website. I'm on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'll be at uh, my postdoc through University of Richmond for the next year. So I'll be down here at University of Richmond uh, teaching a course on digital humanities and comic studies. Uh, I'll be presenting at, at some conferences coming up here this summer and um, 
over overseas actually uh Cambridge Cambridge 23 with uh Joseph Saunders and uh and I'll, I'll I'll see you at uh comic studies uh comic society studies got a it's too late. CSS. <laughs> <laughs> CSS, Comic Studies Society, um, which will be which will be in uh in July. So yeah. Um and uh so if you can't join us, if you can't join him there, if you can't find him there, um obviously Just, fire up your computing machine yeah. to, your, to your local repository and, and check out some of the work that he's done. Um and uh thank you once again, man. I appreciate your time, effort, and energy. Um that brings us again to the the conclusion of another exciting episode of Comics School. As always, everybody, um, you can check me out at, at MB Dando um, or at uh, Dandalorian on Instagram. Um, thanks, everybody, and um, we're looking forward to seeing you next time.